You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, the man whose business is benching, Coach Ben. All right. We are now live on The Benchcast. This is Coach Ben. Thank you guys for tuning in. I just have the uh, YouTube live streaming today. No Instagram, so hopefully we get plenty of people to, to pop in here on our YouTube, answer some live questions, but nonetheless, I have some great questions that came in through our Instagram stories the other day. Uh, we also, every Monday, we post up questions, an opportunity to ask questions on our Instagram, on our stories. So if you want to get involved with this episode of the Benchcast, check out at Big Benches on Instagram and you can participate in the stories by dropping your question. We are also going to be opening up a membership plan soon. We already have the VIP membership, as you guys know, but um, we are opening up a new membership here with a couple different tiers and I'm going to do a lot of cool stuff um, like sharing training footage, um, extended content, you know, access to some of our bench clinics, a free ticket, things like that. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm really excited about um, this membership that we're going to be opening up soon. But I uh, want to get into some questions here, guys. Let some people drop in on the YouTube. Sip a coffee to you. All right, got my New York mug, being a tourist in my own my own state see that these starbucks mugs are pretty awesome <clears throat> or should i say sip of espresso to you letting some people come in here on the youtube all right i'm gonna answer i'm gonna start off with some questions that uh came in the other day all right we're gonna start off with this is a great one okay when training a sticking point High weight, low reps, or high reps, low weight? Uh, this is a great question that came in from Matt on our Instagram. And when you're training a sticking point, I like to utilize both methods. So not only doing high reps, low weight, or high weight, low reps, you know, it, it, the intensity difference there. You know, should you train these things heavy or should you train them uh, more for hypertrophy to gain size. And I don't think there's any one right or wrong answer. I think there is a one good approach for uh, an individual athlete. But uh, I don't think there's a, a great one-size-fits-all answer to that question. Unfortunately, I utilize both methods. So sometimes I'll have athletes, if they have like a mid-range sticking point, for example, they need to develop their triceps, we'll sometimes do sets of 12 15 even on the pin press and do it close grip high reps right weight is naturally going to be lower but because it's a partial movement we can get pretty heavy with that um, but as per accessory work tricep stuff um, you know I save a lot of the push downs and and um, you know kickbacks and things like that small isolated tricep movements I always like to go very high rep with I never do very heavy they're not real conducive to going very heavy. Something like a JM press or a compound movement like a close grip bench. Then I would go heavier with it. Um, so you can see how both those strategies kind of blend in here to help us out. 
Um, but definitely, I'll utilize both. I'll do um, low low weight, high reps, and high weight, um, low reps. All right. So uh, I think both can be utilized as an effective strategy to attack weak points, sticking points. Okay. Um, so that was a great question that came in from Matt. Um, answering live questions. Anyone wants to drop their questions below. We do not have an Instagram live stream today. Royston, what's up, Royston? Thanks for joining in, bud. Uh, hello, I'm new here. I've been benching 315 for eight reps. My max is 345. I weigh 220. My goal is to bench 405. Any any advice? So, just from seeing that, Royston, um, 315 for eight. That's pretty damn good. I mean, that will get you a, a calculated max, getting closer to 400. Um, 345, however, seems a bit low for a one rep compared to what you're doing for multiple reps. So just from hearing that, I would probably do a lot more singles training, real low uh, rep ranges, one to three, okay, and, and train that regularly. And just try to progress each time, whether you do an approach like a three rep max, a two rep max, a one rep max, or... Um, if you don't want to, if you stick with the conjugate type split, you could do, um, you know, three rep max, do some overload with a slingshot, do a max out and then do a deload, something like that. Um, but I would definitely work the lower rep ranges because, um, there's a discrepancy there between what are your max reps are telling you and what your max right now is telling you. Okay. Big difference there. So that's what I would work on my friend. Um, you know, get into those upper weights and, and just hit singles and keep progressing from there because I think you got a lot of room to progress um, doing that. 220, 405 is a great raw bench. That's awesome. JC, <clears throat> hey, hey, my wrist tends to bend back with the momentum on the concentric of my first rep. Thoughts. Uh, so it's probably got something to do with bar placement. <clears throat> I imagine if you are in a good position coming down and then you press explosively into the bar, it might have something to do with maybe you're not creating enough tightness to the bar um, off the bat, bending the bar, so to speak. Um, it might have something to do with just the bar placement. Like I said, I'm sensitive to a thicker bar, so that typically will happen sometimes with me too with the saber tooth bench bar I'm using. Um, that bar is tough to sit nice and deep in the palm because it's a thicker bar, so it covers more of that area. But um, you definitely want a bar. If you're looking at watching on the YouTube, <clears throat> you can see what I'm doing with my hand here, right above that thumb meat. So you can see like the outline I just drew there, and then coming down the other side of the hand. So a lot of people place their bars up here, and then across this side of the hand. Uh, you want it actually a lot lower. You want it right on top of that thumb meat, the base of the thumb meat, and then across the hand. You want to try to torque into it from there. <clears throat> That'll probably help. Plus, getting yourself a pair of Big Bench's wrist straps will help, JC. Actually, we got a code. You can use code HALLOWEEN. And I always spell Halloween wrong. It's not with an O. It's H-A-L-L-O-W-E-E-N. Real simple. Halloween, that'll save you 20% off tonight only. Ends at midnight if you want to pick up a pair of Big Bench's wrist straps. Best of the biz, my friend. J, uh, Z Farini. 
messaged you on IG the other day. Thanks for the feedback here. Thanks for joining in, but I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'm sure I'll get to uh, the Instagram message for you uh, soon, hopefully today. Because I usually get a little backed up with that, um, with, with coaching reviews and stuff like that. So uh, I try to respond to everyone best I can. So I'll, I'll definitely get to that for you, my friend. Uh, thanks for tuning into the podcast. JC, you got it, buddy. Uh, Mod Haas. Hey, coach, I'm looking to become a coach myself. What helped you become a good coach, and do you have any advice? Uh, really just gathering experience, my friend. Um with experience, more exposure to different things, you, you gain more confidence in your abilities. And I've just been able, been fortunate to learn from a lot of different people, um, you know, take away a lot of different coaching points and, you know, always trying to further develop your knowledge and just look for new ways to do things and always be open-minded um, but really what the best advice I'd give you, anyone looking to start out, I'd look to just do something. And it's probably going to be free for a while. You know, get with someone who's been there before and, and has carved out that path and just do stuff for free. And, um, you know, I did a lot of unpaid internships with strength conditioning. Um, you know, I just looking for any opportunity I could I could get. I would do stuff during the fall semester. I would do something in between in the winter some winter break. I would do stuff in the spring semester, and I kind of keep filling those semesters with new opportunities to learn and and grow and, and take things away from these different strength coaches and stuff and how they're running things. And um, it was just really it, it takes experience. Uh, experience will develop your confidence, develop your abilities. Uh, going to meets, coaching people in person. You know, I, every meet is a new uh, opportunity to grow as a coach. It's always a, a unique challenge that pops up at meets, whether it's dealing with your athletes' um, mental states because you get you miss some lifts. They're usually not in a, a very good place. So pulling them back out of that, getting them focused on the next lift, um, knowing when to make adjustments, things like that. So it's just it really just comes down to experience. Everything is just um, gathering that experience as you go. But you got to start somewhere. All right, you gotta gotta start somewhere. So that's the best advice I could give you, my friend. Um, if I can provide you any more info, feel free to message me. I'm happy to help anytime. Uh, when I started out in this business, doing my own thing here, um, my coaching service started off with a lot of. Uh, we did a lot of different challenges and offered a lot of free coaching programs. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I guess fortunately, but <clears throat> not in the position to do a lot of uh, free coaching opportunities anymore just because I'm so jam-packed with with who I am coaching and I want to make sure I provide them the best um, coaching I can so uh, but starting out when you don't have a large list of athletes you're working with you can definitely offer up excuse me offer up those opportunities um, to do free coaching with you and things like that and build that experience Okay, got to start somewhere. Sip of coffee to you. I think my throat's telling me time to drink a little coffee here. Wet the whistle, right? Damn good. Damn good. All right, guys, let's see. <clears throat> Snake Eyes, 20A. Every time I start to perch 200 pounds on a bench, I get elbow tendonitis. Mostly wear triceps and shirt, but also pain from both golfers and tennis elbow. I should, I should use a, a shoulder-width grip. Any advice? So, 
I believe a wider grip will probably be uh, more tolerable for you. However, I would look to try to attack the root of the issue just so those things don't pop up because you should be able to effectively do a closer grip too. Um, so, you know, that strategy kind of working around that troublesome area is more of a crutch. Um, you know, while I was waiting for my shoulder to heal up, which took freaking forever, it could be eight, nine months, you know, some of these things, um, I had to do a lot of just in the ram or the slingshot. I couldn't raw bench really, so I had to stay away from all of that. Um, but eventually that heals up, I can get back to it. So you might just need to get away from the, those things that are causing you those issues. You might need to take some time away from that and come back. Um, but you know what's helped me a ton, and I literally just came from my appointment, is um, it's deep tissue. Deep tissue massage it really keeps me going very well. Um, I used to have a lot of elbow pain, forearm pain, uh, you name it, <clears throat> from benching in the shirt. Couldn't tolerate more than two weeks in a row. And I've been able to, for the past, I think like four or five months now, I've been benching, uh, I think even Further than that, we I've been benching in my shirt every week, and I've been feeling great. And I've been doing biweekly massage throughout that entire time. Whenever I get away from that, so I start pulling muscles and doing things like that. So definitely, uh, deep tissue massage helped me tremendously. So I would I would look to uh, find the right person. That's key, um, but that helped me tremendously. I'm a big proponent of that. Uh, ASG seven. Does commercial gym bench affect my back tightness and my leg drive? 110%, my friend. A commercial gym bench, you are not going to be able to effectively bench on it unless you modify it in some capacity. What I tell athletes to do is get a thick inch yoga mat, okay? Thick inch. You need to have that cushion, okay? Because a commercial gym bench, you know, a couple of things it's going to do for you. You get a thick yoga mat raises the height up a little bit usually you have height issues whether the bench being too low or you're not able to actually grab the bar with the two rack heights positioned um, so that'll give you some height it'll also give you some cushion so that's upper back tightness that'll give a little more girth to the bench you can get your shoulders shoulder blades situated um, it will give you that cushion so you actually sink the weight into the pad it's not unforgiving it's not like you're doing a floor press or anything uh, and then I would get a, a benchmark from Mark Bell. I'm actually looking to make something very similar myself. I'm playing around the idea of coming up with uh, big benches, non-slip pads, two from, for, the, for the bench, something real simple, just like the benchmark, great product, about 10 bucks. Throw it on there. Uh, it's just like a rubber mat, non-slip. Those two things, really all you need, that's going to totally change the game commercial gym because now you can actually even start the process of getting tight because without anything, a commercial gym bench is, you're just not going to be able to um, do anything when I talk about my videos. So hope that helps you out, my friend. Uh, Z Farini, when I get towards my one rep max, I feel a ton of pressure in my lower back. Any advice? So it's triggering when you get to the heavier weights. So it might just be that you're bringing more intensity to those heavier weights. You know, you, you see a lot of athletes who will end up like cramping up, getting their hip cramps on their last attempts because now they're really toggling that intensity up. And whether you know it or not, you're probably not, you know, toggling that intensity up earlier on in your warm-ups. 
So one of the biggest things that will get you so strong is if you can just bring the same intensity that you do to that max effort work to the light stuff. Like it, it may look funny trying to treat an empty bar like it's 400 pounds, but I'm telling you, if you can progress all through your warm-ups, just like how you would approach 400 pounds and the intensity of your setup and the intensity of how you're pressing and creating tightness, that would do so much for you so much and biggest thing i could tell anyone okay so always trying to bring it you know like it's max effort weight in terms of feeling a lot of pressure i would look to um utilize your glutes a little bit more i think that would help focus on more so arching at the upper back not jamming up the lower back and then the big thing is keeping your knees pressed out engaging the glutes very well um, if you can do that effectively i think you will take away from a lot of that discomfort Matt, to build tricep strength, could you train them four times a week? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've always been a big proponent of, on some of those smaller isolation movements. You can't really overtrain that stuff, and that's something that I took away too from Vinny Dizenzo, who's uh, one of the, the best benchers I, I think of all time, doing uh, 600, three different weight classes raw, and then having a 900 pound bench. Um, like 900 straight on. He's an amazing bencher, and um, and he, he would say you can never overtrain that stuff. Um, so if you need to get more tricep work in there, I don't see why you couldn't. Um, you know, for me starting off, I just started really hammering triceps at, over at a um, uh, commercial gym, Golds, and, and another. And um, just because it's such a new stimulus for me right now, you, you just got to watch out when you up the frequency or create new stimulus. Um, you may need to build up to a certain work volume. Um, you know, I just kind of went in there, freaking destroyed triceps with everything I, I could bring. Probably not the smartest approach for me, but man, they were freaking roasted for the whole week. So I couldn't even benching 225 sucked, but um, yeah, build up that work capacity with the triceps. I think that'll benefit your bench tremendously. Um, and I do think you could bench, or I'm sorry, triceps four times a week accessories. Um, you know, you don't have to go super crazy all those sessions. Maybe one of those times is just getting in, you know, three sets of 20 on pushdowns or something like that. But just get that extra work in. Um, I think that'll pay off big time. <clears throat> David Rim. Hey, coach, I appreciate your content. Appreciate you joining in, David. Uh, I've watched a lot of your videos and it helped a lot what do you recommend for middle sticking point so middle sticking point that's that's tough because it's not really um top end and it's it's not right off the chest so it could be one of a few things it could be the positioning in the bottom of the bench is off a bit okay it could be that um you know if you kind of have that kind of sink and heave pattern not saying you do but uh, if you do loosen up in the bottom and you rely on a big leg drive kick or something like that, that can be a mid-range issue because you just don't have the positioning and tightness under the bar to carry it through. So that's where the bottom end could be affecting you in terms of actually having that middle sticking point there could just be tricep related could be that you need to develop your triceps a bit more that's a huge component of your bench press something that's helped me a ton lately my bench has been feeling amazing and i've been having some dynamite sessions and uh, the the common theme throughout has been my jm press i've really developed my jm press not only technically but i was doing having a hard time struggling 95 pounds for reps 
or 100 pounds for reps. Um, now I can rep out 185, no problem. And I'm looking forward to trying to tackle two plates. And, uh, you know, it's not, I don't, my version, I don't change it too much from a close grip bench. It's, it's pretty close, but it's how you drop your elbows underneath in almost an awkward position. It really forces you to extend hard. But that has been a common theme as I've seen my shirt of benching just feel so great. Um, is developing that JM press. So I'm continuing to keep that ball rolling. You know, when you stumble on a gold mine like that, keep that ball rolling. Because, hey, having awesome bench sessions, that's one thing that I've seen grow a lot is the JM press. So I'm going to keep rolling with that. So you just need to find your your exercise, my friend. So sometimes even when you do analyze, hey, I, I just need stronger triceps, it's finding that movement that you can continue to build and progress. And I usually recommend find a compound movement that attacks the body part that you need and watch that progress because you need to see strength progress. Um, think of how many times you just grab a designated dumbbell to do kickbacks or pushdowns or whatever, right? It's usually always the same weight. You know, it's, we, we don't progress those as well as we do if we did a jam press and we know, hey, well, there's 200 pounds on this bar, you know, um, you need to do a little bit more next time. Mm-hmm. all right snake eyes 20 going to physical therapy with massage but none of the guys are lifters and have no idea how to find the root cause of the problem um you know i'm, I'm sure they're trying it might be a little more trickier than that but you know that's why i say you know it, it's it's got to be the right people and sometimes that's just kind of you know finding out it's like if you ever went around to see gyms in your area you know you're gonna find a gym that you like more just works better for you right you that's why there's other options out there. Um, you know, that's why I say find the right person because I've had multiple deep tissue massage, but, you know, none of it was, was not all of it was effective. You know, a lot of it's kind of like foo-foo, didn't really get in where I needed it, didn't really feel a good payoff. But um, whom I go to now, she does a fantastic job and I feel a lot better for it. So it's really just finding the, the right people as well strength builder is v-bar pushdown you showed uh is v-bar pushdown you showed in one of your videos good for increasing strength in the middle portion of the bench press bench press yeah so it's it's just a tricep variation um you know i think any tricep variation could be a great one for you uh really just depends uh that's one of my favorites i like the v-bar because when you extend down and you rotate the wrist like that it keeps the weight out in front of you so it really stresses the triceps so i say when you're doing rope push down try not to you know you kick out to the side but try not to kind of pull in like a lat pullover and get your lats involved you want to almost keep the rope out in front of you so you can stress the triceps a bit more all right, let's uh, sip a coffee for the working man. Again, guys, if you want to save 20% off on BigBenches.com, tonight only you can use the code HALLOWEEN. Again, that's H-A-L-L-O-W-E-E-N. I'm always the one that gets that spelt wrong. I'll do hollow as H-O-L-O-O-W-E-E-N. But it's A. Sip a coffee to you. All right, carrying on. We'll go to some questions we had the other day. Have you ever done feet up bench with a shirt on? And no, I have not. Uh, if I'm in the shirt, I'm usually sticking to one to five reps. Rarely five reps, usually one to three. 
and it's with heavier weight. You know, the goal is to handle the weight that I would handle, um, you know, in, in the shirt, full comp setup, the whole deal. Okay. Um, I haven't done feet up because that would really be, you know, pretty devastating to what I want to achieve in the shirt, which is being able to drive up and, and meet the shirt's resistance. And I always want to practice that when I'm in the shirt. Um, I have done like feet up ram stuff. You know, that's something I don't mind doing and get that little bit of overload, do that feet up. But uh, if I'm in the shirt, I really, I need to be um, pushing up against it and setting all those things into place. So, um, no, I do not do any feet up shirted work, but um, definitely with the ram or something like that. Recommendations for a novice single ply lifter. I'd say be patient. Don't get frustrated. You know, if you just started getting into the bench shirt, I remember... I started off with a single ply bench shirt and, um, you know, it was, it was weights falling towards my face. It wasn't no good. It didn't go well. You know, it didn't go well at first. Even the first meet, you could see, um, a lot of those reps were just not very controlled and shaky and, you know, I had my third attempt, the shirt just freaking blew up on me. So I went to the hospital after that. Um, but yeah, hey, you gotta be patient with it. You know, it really takes a while to find your groove, gain your confidence. Um, one thing I would say is do technique sets. This is something I'm really big on. Do something that you can maybe like 60, 70% your max. Or if you don't really know your max yet or didn't reach your potential there, um, just use lightweight. All right. Just use pretty lightweight and, and just you should use weight that you can't touch in. Can't possibly touch it. Just shirt's not gonna go. Okay, and just work that groove and pull it down as low as you possibly can because to actually learn to groove your shirt, lifters never want to take off the weight. There's no way to ingrain that technique with heavy ass weight in your hands. You're, it's just fight or flight at that point. You're just trying to survive under the thing. To truly ingrain that technique, you want to have very, very lightweight. Again, something that you can't possibly touch, but you're just going to float the weight, no boards there. All right, and you're just going to work that groove, and you're going to get a handle on it, and you're going to do triples or something like that. Um, that's what I would recommend. Okay, that would be huge. That's something I wish I did earlier on. I just did singles most of my training because the breathing aspect of it too, holding your breath and stuff, but you got to do some uh, some reps. Got to do some reps. Adil's training. Sip a Coca-Cola for the working man. Yes, sir. I got some espresso, but I'll, I'll cheers your sip of cola. Coca-Cola. Love to hear you guys' opinion on Dr. Pepper and root beer. I feel like Dr. Pepper and root beer kind of go hand in hand. When you don't have root beer, you're always like, hey, is the Dr. Pepper okay? And I, in my head, I'm like, you know, I really wanted a root beer, but I guess Dr. Pepper's okay. Not even close to being the same thing, in my opinion. Um... No, nothing beats a root beer. I'll always go for a nice cold one. Nice cold Barks or something like that. Maybe a little A&W. But, you know, I, I usually won't spring on anything else. Got to be a nice fresh root beer. But, you know, Dr. Pepper suffices. Not the same thing, though. Bobby M. I just got a bench block and new pro and now programming in a bench board program. My pre-COVID raw bench was 425. Now trying to get back there. What are your thoughts on raw board training? Is it worth it? Um, so I definitely don't utilize boards as much with our raw lifters. I do if it's to develop the end range, that mid to end range. 
Um, so I, for example, one of our athletes who's a very tricep dominant bencher, he has a very close grip to the bar. Um, he gets a lot out of board work. You know, he's always going to bench more on the boards than he would full range, of course. Um, but he gets a lot out of the board work, just as much as a slingshot, actually. And, uh, you know, it's actually very close, a slingshot and the boards for him. You know, I think he does a little bit better on the boards. But he gets a lot out of doing the board work because he's such a tricep dominant bencher. So for him, yeah, doing some max effort work with the boards mixed in uh, helps a lot. But then I have athletes who they wouldn't get much out of that. They really need to work on developing that tightness and strength in the bottom position. They're better off doing full range. You know, if you watch my last vlog, you can see the difference between the guy I'm talking about right now, Austin. He's a very close grip tricep dominant bencher. He gets a lot of the boards. And then we have one of our athletes, Kyle, who actually said in the video that he's not going to do boards today. He's going to be doing full range benching because he needs to work on developing that back tightness in the bottom position and holding position. So, really depends really depends um i think it's great for secondary work especially if you want to bring up your your tricep strength so if you do your main sets and then after do like three by five on a board press maybe close grip something like that um you know so that uh that would probably be the way i'd add it in if you want to develop the full range but i would always keep full range benching in there in some capacity even if your main work for the day is a board press i would try to do some kind of full range bench after like a low spodal press or something justin dak should i bench with a strained pec there's a little bruising and moderate discomfort outer left side so if it was me i wouldn't uh, to tell you the truth, I I would not um, usually mess with something like that, especially if I see bruising, because there is probably some tearing to some degree in there. Um, I'd probably just stay off it, and I would look to work around it, or I would do really really light benching, um, really just to promote the blood flow into the area. Nothing that's going to be of any significant loading. Um, that's how I'd approach it, that rehab process, because uh, I would not test it i don't think you know it depends on your goal in the moment i mean if you're top level elite like if you're training for the wpo tomorrow and you're like a week out and something freaking tears on you or whatever uh you know you probably freaking duct tape that shit up and deal with it after the meet because that's a big ass event um but you know for most meets most people it's just not worth it it's just the trade-off's not there to try to continue to push training and then potentially injure it even worse or continue to promote it being injured um i'd always choose to to rest it and be safe because you want to think longevity okay yeah sure maybe you can get by in the next few weeks potentially make it worse potentially delay your healing process or you can just let that thing heal up get to a place where you're more confident um, because could you know something bad happening could set you back a bunch of months and you don't want that so the setback's never worth that trade-off so that's how i'd approach it personally if you'd ask me t kyleen killeen deadlift helps bench press or does bench press help deadlift i have found that not to be true um but uh deadlift i'm sure plays a little bit of role in the in the bench press i think they're v very mechanically different um but you know having a well-developed back especially a conventional puller you know that doesn't hurt doesn't hurt the bench um you know you see a guy like jimmy cobb he does uh he does 
block pulls time to time. Doesn't do much deadlifting, but you know he'll he'll do some of that partial range deadlift type work to build up a back. Use it on a back day. I think there's a lot more that contributes to the bench press other than a deadlift. Unless it's just kind of a trolling question because everyone knows I hate freaking deadlifts. So, <laughs> all right, fitness fellas. Ordered my bench pad from Mark Bell Slingshot like you told me to. The benchmark. Yep, it comes in today, and I'm excited to actually use leg drive without sliding. Awesome, my friend. Yeah, you'll really enjoy that product. I'm actually going to try to find um, you know, a way to brand my own matting for, for a bench too. Um, make some modifications to it. So um, playing around with that idea. But, yeah, those are very, very effective and very cost-effective. I think it was $10 when I bought it. I think it went up to 15 but... They're cheap. They work well. ASG7. When I bench with heels off the floor on singles, I feel I lose tons of power when the bar leaves the chest. My hips pop out and I lose the bar path. So heels off the floor. So we're talking about that toes back stance. I feel I lose tons of power when the bar leaves the chest. My hips pop out and I lose bar path. Um, so I don't know if you ever considered, so obviously first something's off with the toes back stance, something's off with like the timing of your leg drive and how you're creating it. You always want to keep a static leg drive. So I would just always constantly be pushing back as hard as you can on the pad. Don't worry about timing it. None of that. Um, just keep pushing back and allow that weight to load into the back. Um, or you could try switching the feet out flat and maybe you'll get more out of that. But definitely I think the timing element of it is off. Um, you might be trying to time the leg drive. I wouldn't worry about that. I would just drive back hard and allow that loading to take place. That's some questions from uh, IG the other day. Got lost about 40 pounds and my bench suffered greatly. What's the best way to build back? Okay, so let me start off by this. Anytime you lose weight, especially that significant of a weight loss, really depending on the period of time as well, uh, that is going to, to be a significant detriment to your bench press. Um, I'd probably say be one of the best bench press would be the first to decline. Not going to feel good. I lost 30 pounds over a course of about, say, three to four months. Okay, so I'm about 30 pounds down from where I began the year. And my bench, uh, last September, I hit 820 very confidently. Um, and then the last meet I did in July, I benched 735. And I was confident with that. Probably could have squeezed out more for sure. But, um, you know, it just goes to show you, too, how much a weight loss can affect you. I had to really think about the shirts I'm using. I had to order a new shirt just to fit me. And, uh, you know, it, it, I consider it almost like a 100-pound loss on my bench. And... Um, you know, that's to be expected when you lose that amount of weight. You know, you have to adjust. You have to give your time, self, yourself time to hit the weight that you want to get to and then be at that weight for an extended period of time. I've been at the weight I've been at now for a good four months or so. All right, so now I'm starting to finally feel awesome at 800 to a one board for two um, last bench session. So I'm feeling right back to like the strength I was at previously, but it takes some time to adjust. You know, you, if you lose significant amount of weight, and we've had athletes who've done that, and they haven't started seeing bench progress till well after they started maintaining, okay? In the process of losing, 
Doesn't mean your bench has to go down. Doesn't mean your bench can't get stronger. But it's probably, depending how much you're losing and how fast you're doing it, you're probably going to get a big detriment to your bench press. So just keep that in mind. Anyone losing weight. Sip of coffee to the work of man. Got a great podcast coming out for you guys tomorrow. We're talking about intensities of of the workout set. So um, I get a lot of questions on how heavy should I go on secondary work, you know, how heavy and stuff should I go on accessories, things like that. And I'm going to address that in tomorrow's, um, sorry, Thursday's episode of the Benchcast. Follow the Benchcast, guys, what you're listening to right now on Spotify, on iTunes, where I really get the podcast. Check out the Benchcast. Um, you can re-listen to any of our previous live episodes and you can also uh, hear our Thursday topic episodes, and then, like I said, um, Thursday's episode is going to be on different training intensities for whatever phase you're in in the workout. You know, if it's main work, secondary work, accessories, um, you know, how heavy should you go, and what exercises would you go heavy versus doing higher reps, something like that. So that'll be a great episode. So check that out on Spotify. Fitness fellas, if I don't compete in powerlifting, do you still recommend pause reps? Um, so the only reason I recommend pause reps is because it's com- competition specific. If you have no plans to compete, because you know in the in the moment, if you're not pausing, you know that's going to be a detriment to your future self if you do plan to compete. But if you have no plans to compete at all, uh, you know it it really don't matter. Uh, you could do touch and go all you want. I think pause reps, if you do them enough, do them all the time, I would be stronger doing a pause than I ever would touch and go because touch and go doesn't promote really being able to control the bar path the entire way. Um, so you're going to lack a lot of that precision and control if you don't pause. All right, and, and by pausing, I mean the bar becoming motionless, not just boom, boom, you know, up and down or down and up, you know. There has to be a period where that bar is motionless. It doesn't need to be a long pause, but I do think that can benefit someone. But again, if you have no plans to compete, don't worry about it. All right, let's see. Uh, GL Power 50. Coach, many say the barbell military press doesn't carry over the bench. After one and a half years of digging in, I got it to 185 for five with no extra try or back focusing. Bench has skyrocketed along with technique. Your thoughts, thank you. Uh, so I'm I'm really big on getting that overhead press on. In fact, many of our our athletes do overhead pressing on a second bench day. Many of them. Um, it's it's I've done an overhead press program. Um, I'm not sure if that's still available on our site, but. Um, that was something that I had out there. I emailed our newsletter about. You guys, if you want to get on our newsletter, sorry, we had a uh, interruption there. So, guys, if you want to get on our newsletter, uh, go to the website. You'll be able to um, sign up in the bottom of our homepage. Okay. But that's where I'll send out like free PDFs and things like that. We did a whole 12 week overhead press program. So, um, yeah, overhead press. I'm really big on getting that up to a certain extent. I think if it's a weak point for you, you're going to get way more out of it in terms of your bench press. However, if, 
you're already well developed in overhead press. Say you're a strong man and you've done shit ton of overhead pressing. You're trying to get your bench up. I don't think you're going to get a huge payoff from doing more of it. So it really depends where you're at. That sweet mark, I'd say about 60% your one rep max bench should be your top set overhead press. T. Kylene, how many times do you work bench per week? Me personally, I bench uh, twice per week at the moment. Uh, I'm currently training in five weeks for a full power meet. Um, and then I am going to be training for Tiny Meeker's bench meet, the IPA bench meet, the one where all those monsters are going to freaking go at it for a lot of money. Um, that's going to be fun. That's going to be a fun one. Texas, March 20th, uh, Kingwood, Texas. Okay, I think that's Houston area, but that's going to be a real fun one. We got a lot of the team going down to do that. Um, that'll be my next meet after. I'm going for a single ply bench at 220, hopefully trying to, to pursue the world record at single ply at 220. So um, that will be my, my goal in March. Um, going to take a couple shirts, hopefully, to try to get it done. Bench has been feeling fire, so I'm probably going to be changing around my training to have more of a bench focus while they're doing the other lifts too. All right, guys, I'm going to think one more question here from yesterday's Instagram. Feet barely touching the floor. That's a very common issue, okay? So if you're not very tall, you have that issue of your feet not reaching the floor. And you have tight hips, something like that too. What I recommend for that is if you could get your toes back, you'd probably be more better off with your with keeping your toes back, heels up. If you still have an issue with that, I would look to get thick, thick boots, something with a real thick underlayer to it. All right, look for boots like that because that footwear is going to allow you to establish a better connection with the ground because you're hovering up above right now. Or you can wear the heeled shoes. Get some heel to it in the back. That'll help get your foot down. Okay, so those are a couple options for footwear. If none of that's available to you, you could make the makeshift solution, especially if your federation allows uh, blocks for your feet. Some do, some don't. You can put your feet up on blocks uh, or weights. Uh, it's not ideal, but just make sure they aren't moving on you when you're creating leg drive. But uh, those are some ways to attack that issue. All right, I know Snake Guys 20A, Matt, trying to, guys are trying to hook up there. So um, drop some more questions, guys. We'll keep this podcast running. But, um, yeah, you guys get, get each other, write down each other's username or whatever in case we go out here just so you guys can uh, get in contact in the comment section there. Not sure if YouTube has a direct messaging type deal. Might have to shoot each other Instagrams or something. Sip a coffee. Sip a espresso to the working man. Mm -mm. I tell you what. That's good. That's good stuff. Snake Eyes 28. I'm uh, in Melville, New York. So I believe you said New York City. Yeah, we are out on Long Island. And actually, we have... Um, availability for bench training if you'd like to train with the crew anyone in the area uh, we have an open session or you can schedule a private workshop pretty much runs like a, a bench clinic would uh, 
and it's about one and a half to two hours. We delve into full technique, everything you need to know, uh, pretty much covering everything there is to, to cover in a bench clinic, except it's in-house, it's private, and um, you know I think anyone would get a shit ton out of that. So um, you can feel free to set that up with me at any time, or if you're interested in the open session, it'll probably be less involved coaching because I'm also training, things like that, but um, yeah, you'll be able to train with our crew and probably take away some good tips so uh, always open to anyone in the area or if you'd like to travel okay we've had um you know i have athletes from oklahoma who who came out and uh, we did some filming some athletes from texas that flew in before to get some training in so um yes snake guys you can actually you can message me um you know shoot me an email coachben at bigbenches.com that would be the best way to get a hold of me for that if you're looking to do a private bench workshop we're actually doing a private bench workshop uh, i think in a couple weeks with an individual um and those i i film for content as well um so you guys will see bits and pieces of some of the things we work on so that's um that's some that's something that i'm um going to be bringing to the membership plan as well as a lot of training footage and stuff like that so gonna have a great membership plan coming up here i'm really excited to unveil it been kind of working the details out the last few days geopower 50 thanks again coach how much benefit if i started a pull-up chin-up specialization for six months six months one year thank you um so how much would you benefit if you started a pull-up chin-up specialization so um i think there's some value to that for sure. Uh, I think that's a good indicator lift. Okay, I don't think you need to do that to get stronger on your bench press. I think it'll absolutely help. It's like the same thing I just talked about with JM press. I think JM press has been contributing tremendously to my bench press. Could I make that same progress without doing the JM press? Probably. I'm sure I could. I just have to find a different lift. Okay. Attacks the same type of thing and slowly build it up. Okay, so it's a great indicator lift, meaning if you want to choose that as your bread and butter go to to try to progress up, that's fine. Um, are there other movements you could do for that? Yeah, you could do a heavy pull down or you could do a barbell row or something like that, working the upper back, um, working the lats, your seal row. Um, you could do some different movements. So I think. It would benefit you, but I don't think it needs to be that spe like specific to chin up or pull up. Um, but you can, you can do that. I just say because I think uh, I would try to avoid pulling up to anything right now, because I think how I injured my shoulder in the first place was going uh, the pull ups felt really bad on my shoulders at a period of time, and I just kept doing them, and um, I think that kind of messed me up a bit too. All right, Eric Hernandez. I'm in English class right now, so I can't hear any audio, but this man speaks only wisdom, so you already know I'm going to save this and watch every minute of it later. If you read this, wave, please. I can't hear. What's up, my friend? I'm I'm doing the wave. Uh, awesome that you're uh, watching that in class. Um, make sure you learn, though. Make sure you learn in class, whatever you're learning, but... Hey, I appreciate it, my friend, that you find enough value in this that he would jump on that. 12 in the, in the afternoon here. 
um, just to tune in. I really appreciate everyone's support. It means a lot. Uh, also, if you want to help us tremendously promote the podcast, um, all you got to do is tell a friend. Hey, be like, hey, 12 p.m. Eastern time, every Tuesday, Coach Ben goes live on this channel. A lot of good knowledge stuff to pick up. So um, that would really, really appreciate that, guys, if you could just tell one person. You know, maybe someone you haven't even talked to in a while, just and you know they like lifting. Just be like, hey, this this podcast is really cool. You know, that would really, really help me um, reach out to more people. And I'm thinking the future here. I'm, you know, I'm seeing here what's going on. I'm just doing a YouTube live stream. I don't have the Instagram one going. I'm thinking of just going without the Instagram live stream. Let me know if anyone's like against that. Like you got to watch on Instagram. But um, I think this worked out. I think everyone could just go to this one central place on YouTube. It saves to YouTube anyway. Um, so, I mean, I could do the Instagram too, but I don't want to distract people in two different places. So um, I might just stream here on YouTube from now on. Not sure. Let me know. Let me know if it's uh, if you're against that. S Junkie. Coach, thank you for your content. Your videos totally alleviated the tendonitis I had. Bench has been skyrocketing. Thank you. That's awesome, my friend. Keep that going. And let me know what, what video in specific. I know I filmed one on Elvis, uh, with Elvis about um, tennis elbow and stuff like that. And, and that, one of our most viewed videos. Um, I know a lot of people find us from that video, so hopefully, um, you know, you find a lot more value to continue to keep your bench skyrocketing. Bypass screen shares. What creatine brand do you take? Um, so the creatine brand I got right now is just muscle tech, you know, any monohydrate. I'm not really brand specific. It's just what bodybuilding.com had on sale that day. <laughs> really what comes down to TJ Liebs. How much weight do you advise to move up on my bench press once I get comfortable with a given weight? I weigh 150. I work out with 165 pounds. I worked my way up to 13 reps at this weight. Um, so tough to answer there. I'm not sure if you're continuing to add weight but do more reps. I would I would definitely work with a lower rep range if you're worrying more about your one rep max. Uh, would do something like the one to five rep range and not worry as much about the high reps. Because um, there, I would never have any of our athletes bench more than five reps competition style. It's usually going to be feet up or something like that, or I'll be okay with a relaxed setup, something like that, because to truly bench with the intensity you need to bench, you're not going to be able to do more than five reps. It's just not going to happen. There's too much time under tension there. So I would work a lower rep range, my friend. Uh, Shank McGee. I ate 12 kilograms of protein powder today, but I only got bloated. WTF. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, protein doesn't sit well with me. It feels bloated as shit on me too. So I get it, my friend. TG says I'm trying to balance hypertrophy and strength gains. Um, yeah, that's fine. I would I would probably look to do uh, more like a feet up style, something that's more, a little more isolative with the high reps. Um, but yeah, definitely I would work some of the, the lower reps. So in terms of what to go up, I mean, it really depends. Um, you know, I'd go up as, as much as you feel comfortable with. It really kind of depends how your program's set up. You know, I do a lot of conjugate style with our athletes now, and it's always 
to max effort on that day. It doesn't mean it has to be balls out, got to fail a rep type deal, um, but you going heavy. So you're going to kind of find out that day as you go. All right, Emil GZ, is it logical to believe that the thickness or diameter of the bar makes a big difference in how much weight you can bench? I feel like when I'm benching with a thinner bar, I can't get as much power on my bench, but when I find a bar in the gym that is slightly thicker in my hands, does a thicker bar help because it takes up more grip in the hands? Because you, to incorporate more lats when using a thinner bar. So, uh, yeah, I think it could definitely help. Um, using a thicker bar for certain people. It's like doing false grip versus doing a full grip. For certain people, false grip is going to be stronger because it's allowing you to tune in with your lats a bit more. It's taking away control from the arms. If you have a thinner bar, you could really control the weight too much through your arms. We don't want that. That's why I bench with a grip that has the thumb off the bar. I'm not squeezing with my thumb. I'm squeezing my four fingers and leaving the thumb as a hook so I can just bend into the bar because that's what you're missing with a false grip. But absolutely, bar size can make a big difference for certain people. Okay, I would do much better with a thinner bar, but I bench with a thicker bar. Um, thinner bar would be much more conducive for me. Can you tell me rep ranges to work if I bench twice a week? Uh, really depends, my friend. Um, typically, we're doing like five reps on a second bench day and then max effort for one to three on the, on the first day. Most of our athletes now. Mr. Fischel, Mr. Fisher Official. Hey, friend, I've been trying to get back into benching, but all my local parks have been closed due to COVID. Um, maybe you mean local gyms? I don't know what kind of benching you're able to do at a park. Um, get back into bench, unless you're, unless you're just making a joke about sitting on benches. <laughs> Um, but yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully all, all stuff opens up pretty, pretty soon. I mean, our gyms have been open for a while, so I think it, all gyms are open pretty much everywhere now, hopefully, at least in some capacity. I have been passing in and out for the past few days ever since doing my three rep workout a week. Does more alcohol help? Uh, I don't know how to answer that one, Skunk McGee. Keith, Kevin. Hi, I'm doing Mark Ripito's starting strength. I'm 40-year-old male, bench 280 for three sets of five. My question is, when does one decide to switch from beginner program to an intermediate program? Um, so when I think of beginner programs, I think of just a basic linear progression. Just continue to try to add weight and see where you can get to a certain point in time. Um, you know, some wave loading to it. Uh, an intermediate program... I think about more um, utilizing different variations of the movements, utilizing different loading strategies, overloads, deloads, the, the whole thing mixed in. Um, when you make that switch, it's just when you start to stall out. You know, ride those beginner gains, just continue to progress up as long as you can, and then you'll know when to switch and try something new. S junkie, I can't remember exactly, but it was a video when you talked about the duffalo bar and pain was as simple as widening my grip and allow elbow pain went away. That's awesome. Yeah, that sometimes helps tremendously just bringing the grip out a little bit, especially with like back activation stuff. Sometimes just moving grip around just helps people lock in with their back a bit more. 
All right, guys, uh, we are coming to a close here. If you want to drop any more questions, feel free. All right, sip of coffee to the work of man. Oh, look at that, guys. I am all out of coffee. I guess that means we are all out of time. <laughs> what if I uh, What if I just did every podcast until I drank the whole coffee, huh? Yeah, that's what we'll do from now on. Anyways, I appreciate everyone tuning in. Thanks, Snake Eyes. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. It means a lot. Um, you know, if you would just tell one friend about this podcast, that'd mean a ton. Um, check out for some updates on our Instagram, okay, about uh, the membership plan that we have coming out. We got a couple different tiers to it. Gonna have a lot of cool stuff there. Super excited. And then remember the code. 20% off tonight only. If you didn't hear it, go back into the podcast and listen to that. Um, that's good for tonight only. Thank you, everyone, for, for dropping your thank yous. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, I'll keep these running. You know, if we keep growing with people and everyone's getting a lot of value out of it, um, you know you know where to find me. Tuesdays, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, today in the office, sometimes on the bench. All right, guys, I appreciate everyone's time. Thanks for tuning in. We even had someone tune in in freaking class without audio. How awesome is that? Appreciate that, my friend. All right, guys, talk to you next time.